0: Why do I feel like I'm either crushing it or completely burnt out? How am I supposed to balance all the hats I'm wearing in my business without getting completely overwhelmed? Why does it seem like I can't stick to a plan for more than a week before falling off the wagon? How come when I make time to create, I feel so uninspired, but every time I have a pile of admin tasks to do, my focus gets derailed by all the ideas, all the distractions? If you have asked yourself any of these questions, I want to reintroduce you to your menstrual cycle, your untapped internal guidance system for making CEO decisions and taking big, bold, and consistent action in your business. My name is Brianna Villegas and I'm a certified menstrual cycle coach and I help entrepreneurs to understand the unique strengths of each phase of their menstrual cycle and to harness those strengths in their business so they can optimize their energy and productivity all month long. So each week, I'll be sharing education and inspiration to help you connect the dots between your unique cycle and the patterns, habits, and systems in your business. So get ready to ditch the pressures of the 24-hour clock and start embracing cyclical. Welcome to My Hormone Rants. Hello, welcome back. Today, I want to dive into a default that I hear a lot of times, and I know I felt this myself, and it's something that's reinforced so much by society as well to equate high energy as good and low energy as bad. And this very much ties into our cycle where we often think follicular energy, ovulatory energy, these are all good. These are all things that we want to lean into, go hard take advantage of, and then to see luteal and menstrual phase as not so good. To see as something that like we have to troubleshoot or we have to work around. And so it can give us this sort of perspective, good weeks, bad weeks. But I want to dive a little bit deeper into that and sort of break out this idea of good and bad, and that there really isn't good weeks, bad weeks. Now there can be weeks that are more or less aligned with commitments that you have, with expectations that you have, but they're not inherently better or worse. And when we understand what they're good for, each and every phase can really support us, support our capacity, support our goals. And a danger that I see when we get too much in the mentality that, like, high energy is good, follicular energy is the best, or ovulatory energy is the best. And this idea that, like, well, if I could just be that all the time, it would be so great, or I'd be so good. But this is really based on, like, a false assumption that when we feel burned out in luteal or menstrual phase, it's because. Of those phases, like those phases are the cause of that. When so often the burnout that we experience in luteal and menstrual is the result of how we showed up for ourselves or didn't show up for ourselves or how we pushed ourselves or overextended ourselves during those high energy phases. And so, one way that luteal and menstrual help us is to create boundaries for us, to show us, to kind of give us that counter argument for balance to slow us down a little bit, right? So it really does serve us from a holistic perspective. But we can also really take advantage of these different phases to support our inner work, to support our goals, to support so many things. And specifically what I wanna talk about today is the sort of general recommendation that follicular is the best time to create plans to start new habits to do new things now this is in some ways a default right when that energy kicks in after a period we naturally crave novelty we crave doing new things and when we apply this like need for novelty in our habits or in our businesses we set really lofty goals we make really grand plans we set expectations for ourselves that feel very reasonable in that moment but aren't necessarily sustainable and so what i see so much in the hustle burnout cycle is that we get in defaults where we're constantly resetting restarting establishing new habits creating a new plan when we're in follicular and we execute it during follicular and it feels so good and so we're sure that this month we've hit on like the plan we're so sure that this time we found the secret sauce, the secret formula, like, oh, I'll 100% be able to stay consistent with this forever because it's working so well. Last month, that was just, that wasn't the right fit, right? This one is the right fit. <laughs> and we tell ourselves all of these things. And then we have this experience where we sort of fall off the wagon in Ludial. And we often internalize this and say like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I ever stick to anything? I'm so inconsistent or I'm too lazy, or, you know, whatever these labels that we give ourselves and kind of the story we tell ourselves. But so often we actually like widen the gap between our expectations for ourselves and our capacity when we're only planning from the perspective of follicular and not taking into account not just what our needs are, not just that we have lower energy in luteal but actually taking into account what we care about in other phases because this is not just about our ability to execute, our ability to perform. So even in the few studies that look at differences across menstrual cycle phase, so many times they don't see any differences by phase on the behavioral outcome, right? So on the objective test, you get to the same answer, you get to the same results, Where they're seeing differences is in the pathway to get there, how you're getting to that answer, how you're getting to that result. And I highlight that because it really is that the way we think about problems, the way that we approach them, what we think is important, what we think is valuable, those are the things that are ebbing and flowing across our cycle. Now, this is incredibly valuable because we essentially get to bring four different perspectives, to the same problem, to the same situation every single month. So I want to challenge you to actually go deeper beyond the question of when should I be planning, when should I be doing, and think about when should I be planning what? And why is it being put in one phase over the other? And this is where we get into the magic of personalizing the concept of cycle syncing into a practice, into a mindful somatic practice that serves you in every decision-making process that you will ever find yourself in. So when it comes to planning or building habits or setting yourself up, setting up your expectations for yourself, I like to think about follicular as a great time to plan for something or to reset or reestablish things when it comes to Something where there's like fear around it, right? Something that feels new, scary, hard. Because during the follicular and ovulatory phases, we have more of a hormonal buffer to help support our nervous system in trying new things, trying hard things, trying scary things. So for example, I was giving a workshop a few weeks ago and one of the women in the group was talking about something that she wanted to start doing. Was doing solo walks in nature to start a meditation practice. But she was really scared and like nervous about doing this and kind of being alone with her own thoughts. And so in this situation, I was like, you wanna be doing these walks and creating space for meditation in your follicular and ovulatory window. And here's why. One, this is scary to you. So it's already going to be something that starts out. little bit dysregulating because your body is going to try to keep you safe and your body's going to send you all these signals that this isn't safe this isn't okay like you're not going to make it (laughs) and kind of put you in that hyper alert hyper vigilant state like that's what your body is going to want to do to send you signals of to like get yourself to a safe place however you know that you're not actually putting yourself in danger. Being alone with your thoughts is not an inherently dangerous thing. And it's something you wanna challenge yourself in. So taking advantage of a time when that nervous system response is not going to feel as intense and overwhelming is going to allow you to start to create some safety in this activity to be able to manage that somatic experience as you go through it and to build some confidence that like okay that wasn't so bad and when you start to build that muscle of like that's not so bad this doesn't feel as unsafe anymore it becomes a practice that you can then use and take advantage of throughout your cycle so in a lot of ways i see follicular as being the best time for like brand new things This is also where some of the common suggestions for business, like use these higher energy windows to go on podcasts, to be visible, to do workshops, things like that. While I think those are like great as like a generalization, I think we can add this layer of novelty here. Because if you've been on, you know, 15 plus podcasts, 20 plus podcasts, you may not see podcasts as something that you need to prioritize being in your highest, best peak energy to show up for. Especially if you have like honed down your messaging, you know exactly what you talk about, you know what your call to action is, you know what works, you have the data here, like you know that you can show up for that at different places in your cycle now you may still have like blackout dates like we talked about a couple weeks ago where you're like these three days before my period i don't schedule any podcasts because i know it's just like well yes i could do it i don't want to but if it's your very first podcast and you're nervous and you're not sure how it's going to go and you want that extra buffer and support for your nervous system to be the most present and like show up in your best energy you get to take advantage of this and the other thing i was telling this woman who wanted to be like meditating is not only do you have this nervous system buffer for safety you also are going to be less self-critical in the luteal phase our inner critic can get very very loud And so going into a meditative practice for the first time or one of the very first times you're doing it, already coming in with apprehension around being alone with your own thoughts, you probably don't want to set yourself up for that first experience to be when your inner critic is the loudest. Because you want to build your skill of being in a meditative state, of being with yourself in order to then be able to use meditation as a way to negotiate with that inner critic. But if you know that as soon as that first self-critical thought comes up, like you're going to get triggered and be like, nope, 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 I'm going home, I'm not doing this, you're not giving yourself the best chance at being able to develop that skill and that practice. And ultimately, I think this comes back to, we like have such a strong belief that things are supposed to be hard. That if it's hard, that means like we're doing something right. Why do we feel like if something's easy, like we're cheating? This kind of brings me to the second concept of like, when do you want to be planning something or planning to do something in your ludial phase? Now at the same goal setting workshop, there was another woman who wanted to kind of reset herself on creating her budget and sticking to it. Now in this case, this wasn't the first time she'd created a budget. It wasn't the first time that she had like made this commitment to herself that she was going to be more conscious with her spending, stick to her budget, all of those things. What she was experiencing was that her default is to like you know everything will work out and she's like and it does like it all works out in the end like I figure it out and so there was this kind of element of like avoidance but also knowing that like that's not how I want to be moving through this so in her case I was like one if that's already your default to be like everything will work out it always does like it's it's fine Your follicular self does not believe you need a budget. And why should she? Like everything's worked out to this point, right? And so the idea of setting up some goal for yourself of like, okay, I need to set my budget and make this plan for myself during follicular when I really don't care about it and don't think it's important... You're making this hard for yourself. You're setting yourself up to fail in a lot of ways because it's not aligned with her goals or what she values or what she cares about. And what's likely to happen is you're going to set some budget that doesn't really feel that grounded or that meaningful and then you're probably going to ignore it. And that's probably what's been happening, you know, month after month. And so here there's this component of like self-trust. It's not just coming from a place of like, I'm scared to try this new thing. It's self-doubt. It's saying, I don't know if I can actually do this. I don't know if I can be a conscious spender. I don't know if I can consistently engage with my budget and and stick to it. And so in this case, I was like, well, which version of you cares about this budget? I can tell you 100% it's the Ludio version who is thinking about the details, who is caring about the fact that, like, we don't have the receipts for all of these purchases. We have clothes here that I bought and with the intention of returning and haven't returned them yet. And, you know, that's the version of you who's thinking about your spending as reckless and irresponsible. Not follicular version. She's just having the time of her life. (laughs) She's just living her best life. And so... This idea of like when you're setting your budget, when you're doing this detailed work, when you're doing the things that feel tedious to your follicular version, you want to sit with this and have define your why, define your budget here. And what it does is this creates the support for every version of yourself. When you lean in when it actually matters to you and you care about it and you plan for it, then. You can also plan with your follicular version in mind, which means like here I'm going to set the budget. I'm going to set the the rules and the guidelines and the boundaries while I care about those. But I'm going to do so in a way that allows like follicular version to feel spontaneous and free. And also I'll let her off the hook. Like she doesn't have to worry about the budget because it's already taken care of. And you know that that version who cares about having things in place making sure everything tracks like that version of you is coming back and we'll take care of it again this month so bringing it back to like how do you answer these questions for yourself when I'm thinking about starting something new setting a new habit creating a new plan for something when it's brand new when it is feels like the somatic experience towards that new thing is more of like fear and uncertainty I know that I want that follicular hormone buffer, nervous system buffer in place to help me do the scary thing, to help me do the scary thing. When I am trying to create a plan for myself that's sustainable and supportive for a part of my business or a part of my life where I know that I have historically like not kept that commitment with myself. When I have data telling me that I am not trustworthy, that I am not consistent, that I am not going to be able to show up for myself in this area. I don't want the follicular version of me planning that because she's not thinking about the challenges that have kept me from doing it in the past. So the person I want thinking about that and planning for me when I'm trying to stretch my capacity and my confidence in my ability to follow through and be trustworthy for myself. I want Ludio version planning that because she's the one who's not going to let me off the hook and say like, oh yeah, like you'll figure it out. It'll be fine. She's going to be like, that's what you've said the past three months and you haven't done it. So it's time to get realistic on what the actual problem is, to dig a little bit deeper, to push yourself a little bit harder on those easy answers on the surface level reasons and say, like, what is actually between you and doing this thing? Right? We don't need to hide. We don't need to put on a face for this version of ourselves because she's not taking any of the BS. And then we get to set up a plan. That's for our right now version. For us, that's supportive. And something that we can always expand and grow on. But the luteal self is less interested in this idealized version of ourselves that we create in our mind or we try to project to others they're interested in like the realness follicular version is very much in the idealized self and that's okay that serves us that pushes us we don't want to only be in the details only be in the weeds of our current experience and our current reality But we need that groundedness to that current reality in order to hedge a path forward, hedge a path towards that more idealized self. So with this, we can really see how both of these phases really serve us. But they serve us in different ways. And so they are good in their own right. They serve us in their own right. And when we can appreciate that, we are able to take this practice so much deeper and get so much more out of it then just make all your plans in follicular. And ultimately, this comes back to such a core question that's a part of the work that I do, a part of my programs, and especially from the business perspective, like in the cyclical business blueprint, is this idea of like, what do you as the business owner need? And the more that you are so clear on what you need in order to check the boxes, right? Because we know what, our businesses need that is and getting those answers of what our business needs is so much easier right every coaching program out there every course out there is essentially telling you the same things right like lead generation nurturing visibility like at the core what our businesses need is all the same and there might be different approaches or different methods to go about that different strategies to get there but we know the boxes that need to be checked and so ultimately where this work becomes so core and critical to your success is ultimately in what do you as the business owner need to take the action and the steps that check the boxes and so when you're in tune with your experience to say like okay when I think about doing this task I'm avoiding it because I'm scared of failure, of running out of ideas, imposter syndrome, whatever it is, like there's fear there and uncertainty there. What does that version need? And I think having the ability to create safety in yourself and your body in order to take the action is huge. For facing those scary things when you're looking at something that you need to face in your business something that maybe you've been putting your head in the sand and you've been avoiding for a long time and it's time to get real about why is this so scary for me what is the either limiting beliefs the mindset blocks the things that I've carried over from childhood maybe inner child things that you haven't healed like what is the actual thing that is keeping me from showing up for myself what is it that I'm actually avoiding when you're ready to get to that level of realness and face that and do that inner work that is your luteal and menstrual energy and the beautiful part about knowing what you need is it creates so much clarity around where to be looking for solutions Because sometimes the answer and the solution is inside of us. Sometimes it's saying like, oh, this is a limiting belief problem. This is a nervous system regulation problem. This is an information problem. Like I literally don't know what steps I need to take. And that is so critical and valuable to help you streamline the process of knowing what programs, what courses to invest in, what support to seek out, and how to get the things that you need in place to take the step because we talk so much in business about taking messy action and you're never going to feel ready until or feel confident and sure until it's done you don't get those feelings of like being fully ready until you do it you don't feel fully confident until it's done until it was successful right and we project that confidence backwards on the process even though we did not have it beforehand but with that said we often need things to feel ready enough to jump comfortable enough with the uncertainty that's on the other side of the leap to take the leap in the first place that doesn't mean we feel fully ready for the entire process on the other side But it's essentially like a free jump off of a cliff versus jumping with a parachute. Having a parachute on doesn't make the jump out of the plane skydiving any less scary. Because your brain does not understand or believe that this thing is actually going to save you. Your brain is like you are jumping to your death. Okay, so it's not that it makes the leap any more scary, but from a, you know, your body's like, no, no, no. But when you put that parachute on or when you get strapped to that instructor, you have this ability to override that fear and say, we have what we need to take the jump. And then we're going to trust, right, that this is going to work and, you know we're going to make it to the other side so we always want to come back to that of like what what do i need to jump not what is ready feel like not what is done feel like or confident or fully there because you don't know the outcome and the outcome's the only thing that would give you that full peace of mind but we don't know the future but what do you need what's your parachute what's that safety net what's the bungee cord what's the thing the thing that you can give yourself to then be able to take the messy action. And I wholeheartedly believe that understanding how your menstrual cycle impacts the way you interact with these goals, with your fears, self-doubts, imposter syndrome, like that inner critic, with limiting beliefs, with all of these other pieces and components that we know are just a very real part of entrepreneurship. It gives us a framework and a grounding and like a connection point throughout it to understand where we land on on these different issues and and give us a gauge like when it's feeling re- really intense like we have this anchor of like okay this is a reoccurring theme this is not new but yeah maybe it feels a little bit more intense today because I'm worried about it in my cycle. And even those anchor points can be that parachute sometimes of like, I can face this, I can handle this because I know where I'm at, I know where I'm landing in this situation. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more great episodes like this one, subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, or wherever you listen, and be sure to share with someone who could also benefit from this information. And if you want to learn more about how I can help you stop normalizing your symptoms and start optimizing your experience, head to briannavegas.com or find me on Instagram at Coaching.